All right. In three, two, one. Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, The Deep Dive, featuring your esteemed hosts, Andy Monitor and Drew Dinzik, powered by Betsperts. Welcome to The Deep Dive. <clears throat> Andy, congratulations. Been a while since you and I, yeah. <laughs> Fancy seeing you. Dude, we're just all over the place today, giving them, get, making people rich, giving people Dogecoin. This is great, man. Um, congratulations on a wonderful NFL season. It is a it wrap. Was fun. It was a wrap. It was a little anticlimactic. I think the best part of my day, the best part of your day yesterday was probably the golf tournament, not the football game, <laughs> or it was the anthem. <laughs> the, <laughs> the football no, game. The, anthem, the anthem was great, but the, the golf tournament, the yeah. energy, the energy from, I mean, just... You know, we mentioned this yesterday, a friend of the pod, uh, he came out for the divisional or the, was he, he was a divisional round guest. Championship, championship. Championship round guest, Will Brinson. There is no sweat. And this is why I could never really do this too seriously. DFS sweats are way worse. Like I was sweating it outright because Will said, bet Brooks Kepka. I said, I'll I'll, I'll ride with you. So I got Kepka, not at the best number, but a live number. And it felt good. And he, you know, he's living and dying off like a, you know, a missed putt is like a hundred thousand dollar putt just for this contest he was in. Cause he was so high up. I, I was living vicariously through him, but I definitely can't, uh, I can't do DFS at that's maybe, maybe if I was good at it, it'd be a lot of fun if I was making money every time, but I'm not good at DFS. So golf was fun living, living through will there and cashing some Brooks Kepka. my outright or my head to head stuff just kind of, I feel like I I lost like 0. 0.06 units overall, making like forty bets. It was a it was like a break even waste management, which is better than last year. So I I, I told you on your round three pick, and it was a no sweater. <laughs> you had Henley oh, over yeah. Morikawa. Hen yeah, or, Henley going nuclear on the first. That that was the was most fun. Who was he up against? Uh, Masayama. Yeah, yep. he and he and he nuked him. Morikawa wasn't in the tournament, was he? Yeah, he I haven't seen him play this year. What's up with him? Oh, he's around. Oh, okay. Yeah, spe um, yeah. Speaking of golf, this this is a weird one. Another one, weird one coming up where the favorite is like four to one. So it'll be another week where I don't do outrights. Yeah. Okay. So I did. I tallied up all all the Super Bowl damage. All and it was all said and done. And it was a weird. It was a weird game. <laughs> it was a weird I game. I lost all my futures that I had in place. I lost every Same. live and halftime bet I made. Yep. And I swept on the props. There wasn't a single prop that I played the week before leading up to it that I lost. Which I lost ridiculous. Tom Brady. And this was just me getting too cute by half because there was Tom Brady over a half yard rushing available. <clears throat> oh, and yeah. I said, he, nine, I said, four, right? Yeah. Well, and I said, I'm going to, I'm going to take it. I had Tom Brady um, more rushing yards than Liverpool Man City goals. 
Oh yeah, you and needed five then. I needed five to push. Like that, <laughs> that game got a little out of hand. So I did. You know, I joked and I, I publicly berated people, listeners. Said, "Do you think you're so fucking smart to do one kind of sport? You think you can do cross sport props? You can't." And then I did a tennis and a soccer one. I won my tennis one. Thank you. What was Novak your tennis Djokovic. one? Uh, it was Novak Djokovic. Aces in the first round over punts. Punts landed on seven. I'd projected six or six to eight. So I was thinking he'd get nine to 11 aces. He got nine. It was close, I guess. And again, it was one I didn't have to sweat because I was sleeping late (laughs) overnight. Yeah, the Aussie Open kicked off last night and it's uh, off and running. We're going to talk some tennis in the future, but not today. Not today. Let's let's reflect on the Super Bowl. Yeah, we don't Uh, really have a plan. We're just going to reflect. Some reflection. Yeah, t- yeah, talk talk a little bit about the offseason. Tomorrow, we are hosting a numbers game, which is uh, Gil, Alexander, Gil Alexander's show on VSIN. He is going on vacation, and we have been invited to guest host this coming Tuesday and next Tuesday. Um, so it will be a deep deep dive takeover of a numbers game on VSIN. So check that out if you're into live you radio. To if you, uh, it's It streams for free on iHeartRadio. Um, yep. and, or it's, it's live radio in Vegas. I mean, you know, and, and I think it's also syndicated a lot of places around the world. So, um, a lot of ways to listen to us live on the radio tomorrow, but we will be on from 7am to 9am Pacific time. That's 10am noon. If you're on the East coast, uh, and we're going to lead off that show with a deep dive into kind of lessons learned about the 2020 season. Um, I have a handful already in the queue that I want to touch on. Uh, talk a little bit about how the market is changing and evolving as we've you know gotten more and more you know as the as you know things things are always changing you know there's more and more um, market participants than there have ever been in this sort of thing um, I can't wait to see the numbers on the Super Bowl the handle is probably was probably absolutely stupid and I think they won a lot of money <laughs> I think that they were hoping for the Tampa Bay side to come in and it came in with gusto yesterday Tom Brady wins his seventh ever Super Bowl title. Tampa Bay really wire to wire. Uh, I mean, I guess they were down three nothing at one point, but you know, once they scored their first touchdown, they never really looked back. And there were a lot of reasons, a lot of indicators that said Tampa Bay was going to get a lead early. There were a lot of re- you know, a lot of reasons to be bullish on them uh, having an advantage early in this contest with their you know, with the clear advantage in the trenches on both sides of the ball. But we were waiting and waiting and waiting for the KC hammer to drop for the comeback to start, and it never came. And I think it's fair to say that whereas last year in the Super Bowl, the pass rush for the Niners got tired, died down, was less was less effective as the game wore on. Also, Jimmy Garoppolo was not as good as Tom Brady. Also, Jimmy nor Garoppolo his, was not as good as Tom Brady. Nor his weapons. And, and, you know, Kyle, and Kyle Shanahan wasn't as aggressive as, as Arians and company in terms of keeping their foot on the gas. Um, they got to 31 points. That's what you need to do. It's funny, too. To like, you need to get to 30. Yeah. I would consider Shanahan a better coach. Yes, I would, too. Very much so. Easily. McVay I would as consider well. him. I would consider him a better schemer. Yes, but I really do have to tip my hat to, and maybe I shouldn't tip my hat to Bruce Arians. Maybe I should be left witch and and uh, bowls. Yeah, bowls. I would hate to mix. Job. I would hate to mix those two up. Jeez, did yeah. you see that clip? Yes, I did. That was that was that was awful. really if embarrassing. You, like, that was tough really, to watch. That was a tough watch. Tough to watch. That was tough a tough watch. watch. But anyway, you know, a, a lot of credit to and you know everyone. 
should and does give Todd Bowles credit. It was a great defensive scheme all year. They've they've been able to dial up. You know, it helped missing some offensive tackles. That was advantage Buccaneers. But uh, Leftwich, a lot of credit because of yeah. you know, what they did in the second half. They And honestly, what they did in the whole game. It's not like they were the beneficiary of a bunch of short fields or turnovers like in the like the let's say the Saints game they weren't the beneficiary of you know Aaron Rodgers just not playing well and again the the tackle missing there uh in fact Brady threw a bunch of picks there you know they they had to play at a decently high level and put up some points i bet they were probably surprised that 31 held up as well as it did because in a lot of instances it wouldn't and you know again credit Todd Bowles and that whole defense but i thought left which the game plan was nice i thought the I way they composed themselves in the second half of the lead not going too conservative but realizing the run game up the middle is still kind of working like we're not going we're not going to be uber aggressive because we don't need to so he uh yeah, and yeah, somebody said this in the chat. He started the game with a pass. Yeah, that was, they did. Uh, so they did. They had a plus EV. They had a plus EV game plan from from start to finish. And realistically, um, the advantage they had in the trenches, uh, it was more noticeable in the second half than it was even in the first half. Uh, they needed to get some runs and some first downs and kill some clock in the second half, and their offensive line stepped up and crushed in the trenches uh they it the t the unit that wore down the most quickly it turned out was the chief's o-line um maybe a little bit of blame on pat mahomes for his approach to the passing game but i still want to say he balled hard he tried hard it was a very noble effort for in, in a losing effort for pat mahomes and yeah. uh and yeah i mean bold you know the front four for the tampa bay bucks they won their 1v1s all night long. Todd Bowles schemed some blitzes that were magnificently effective. And that is the story of the Super Bowl. Technically, I, I, I think if you had said, what is going to be the na- main narrative after this game uh, if Tampa Bay wins? It's obvious. The obvious easy answer was Brady wins his seventh Super Bowl, and that's fine. But if you had told me that to go along with that, it was the Tampa Bay Bucks won this game because of defense, because they held the Chiefs to nine points, I would have fallen out of my damn chair. Oh, same with Patrick. He fell out of his damn chair with the pass. But yeah, I, 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 would have, I would have said that is the likely, like, least likely thing that we say after this game of the, mate, of the four uh, units in terms of how this game would be won. They did it with defense. They smothered the Chiefs. First time Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes are held to nine points or under 10 points. I, what was their previous low total scored point scored like 17 maybe i mean like and that was maybe in a win against the falcons i think Uh, you know they they really this was a really uncharacteristic final tally for the chiefs uh no touchdowns for the chiefs catched (laughs) at that closed at 35 to 1 is that what you saw yeah well i think that was no touchdown passes by mahomes i think no touchdowns at all was bigger and you know at at a certain point, I was kind of cheering for it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like at a certain point, we're like seventeen and a half is dead. All my second, all my lives were dead. Yeah, everything over live was dead. You know, I just have to sit back and open up the accounts and look at the anthem bets to make me feel better because yeah. that was the only thing that was going to do it. But at that point, I'd seen a couple of tweets and you know somebody had placed a bet here for Mahomes to throw zero and touchdown. Someone had placed a bet for them to score exactly nine points or something. You know? Whoa, or people, what was that price? I, like I, I think I, 
I think maybe I'm not even sure somebody had a bet. They just, you know, they were posting, you know, this was the, this, well, this was the price for it because there was a price for everything from two to like 90. So they, (laughs) you know, you know, yeah, you could bet four if you really wanted. Um, but they, you know, and there was a couple bets where somebody had a really big one to win like 50 grand on chiefs to not score any touchdown. So I, I thought he, he was dead. And at that point, you know, when they were down in the red zone late for the garbage score, that didn't happen. Everything was, you know, it was all over except for maybe the second half spread or second half money line. And then everyone's numbers board. So I was kind yeah. of, it's, it's fun. That That's the fun of the Super Bowl. Even in a game that's dead like this, you still have your number boards. You still have props. You still have fun stuff like that. So it did make it interesting at the end, but it was, it was surprising how that, uh, how that landed on nine. And truthfully, I don't, Get I get it I get I get giving Brady the the MVP I understand like he what he did at this age switching teams man like he composed himself well he had a good game and just the tough part is there was like there wasn't some some defensive player that had like three sacks or like two forced turnovers or a touchdown like it was such a team effort team effort right like I, I maybe White uh, you know there's tackles. a couple. Yeah, there it just wasn't enough to give somebody like somebody on the defense really has to have a score almost to get the MVP. Yeah. And what do you do? Give it to Fortnite. Fortnite had a lot of yards, but again, it wasn't enough. Gronk had two like the the only argument would have been Gronk getting one more touchdown. Then they probably could have given it to him. But so it went in doubt, they just give it to the quarterback. If you listen to our episode with Mr. Brinson again. He's uh, getting mentioned a lot lately, but he he brought up that he'd been to some Super Bowls, and he said, you know, everybody's running down to get to the locker rooms and do interviews and stuff, and you have to fill that out. A lot of people are filling those out, and sometimes you're filling that out before the game's over. And at that point, you just, well, it's Tom Brady. Like we're giving yeah, you this can't to Tom go wrong. Brady. Yeah, you're not going to yeah, get I'm, criticized for that. Yeah, when when in doubt, just uh, bet yeah. bet on the quarterback. Brady was 21 of 29 for you know for a, a perfect passer rating or whatever pretty close three touchdowns so you know he could have done more if they had asked him to also like that was yeah that's you know, a thing they, they didn't ask him to he didn't have to you know they they chiefs could not score at the end of that game uh in fact no points at all in the 14th fourth quarter was wild um so let's break yes, the if actual you, if you won the third quarter you won the fourth quarter yeah that oh yeah that's right squares went one way on the whole second half huh um yeah. okay. it reminds me of the patriots rams where you know people just cleaned up on those threes Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, okay, let's break down the game a little bit more in detail. Is it fair to say that the warning signs were all there before the game, that this is how this was going to go? Like, did you feel like anything, we we, had, we missed anything? Or do you feel like we, we got, for the most part, the handicap was exactly the right arc, it's just that it came down to was Tampa Bay going to stay aggressive and was Kansas City going to be able to mount a comeback? And the answer was yes and no, right? I mean, you know, we, 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 for the most part, it all went about as we thought. I mean, I guess I'll put, I'll, put, I'll, I'll be a little more specific. Kansas City struggled in the red zone. We knew that going in. That's been their MO all season. They've struggled in the red zone. They come away with three field goals. That shouldn't necessarily be shocking. Kansas City's defense struggled in the red zone they conceded a touchdown on every ask that shouldn't be surprising that's kind of the way that they've been (laughs) all season right 
their the offensive line injuries were well you know were well covered going into the game. We knew p- players were being mixed you know mixed and matched in terms of you know across the offensive line, uh, and we said. Yeah, I'd be more worried about it if it was a more, you know, more pocket passer type quarterback. Mahomes can scramble, he can evade pressure, he's good at that, and he can hit the home runs when you when he when he breaks the pocket, right? And we saw him break the pocket often. He we saw him scramble often. I had to reread the tweet about how many yards he scrambled in that game like three times to understand. I thought that was made up. I was like, I was like, four hundred and ninety. No, what? How is that freaking possible? He ran 490 yards between getting the snap and throwing the ball or getting sacked. That's crazy. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I know. The, yeah, this and bo- both sides. Not not only not only the biggest narrative here is yes, JPP Barrett Vea, everybody up front, and anybody who's brought on a blitz, everybody who played defense for Tampa Bay had a very good game for the most part. Had a great game, especially up front. The pressure, but. The line, and the, this is a I'm bringing up a, a comment from the chat here. I think the line domination was more than anticipated. The better life says, and yeah, it was both sides. You know, I talked about what I felt the second half was going to look like and what it actually looked like from our guy by her and Leftwich, and I think he realized it. Like, not only not only was it the offensive line getting dominated when Kansas City was on the field, but the offensive line for Tampa was pushing people around. And yeah. I think that was a big part of why the second half had what, like 10 points scored in it. Yes. Like they, they Tampa Bay just said, well, if we can push them around 13, like this, points. Yeah. 13. Yeah. Okay. You're right. This game is going to be a lot easier to just put away because we don't have to rely on, you know, passing. We don't have to rely on Tom Brady. We don't have to rely on beating any coverages. We have a, a running back, <laughs> like running backs. You just pick up off the street. Yeah, you know, Len, right. Lenny, Lenny was a punchline. <laughs> yeah, I guess I mean, to an go back, punchline for times, and and yeah. Rojo's good, but they, the way they were able to dominate up front, and run the Lenny ball is away. still a punchline. Lenny, st- he still is, but he's nothing still- about that game changes yeah, my like, opinion of Leonard Fournette. That's fair. They took him fourth overall, and then had to let him walk out of the building. That is an enormous waste of draft capital. If you're the Jacksonville Jaguars for the Jaguars. Yes, they're a punchline, but for what Tampa, what Tampa did, I mean, just bringing him in as a change of pace or a second back, it's, it's worked out. He's been okay. Like, yeah, Tampa, Tampa Bay didn't draft him fourth. Tampa Bay had a great draft. They've done very nice things in the draft. Yeah, no, that's true. Um, Okay. Yeah. And they picked him up and they got him for cheap. And he's going to go and sign a stupid, you know, some other team's going to be stupid and sign him and give him money. And they're going to, then, then we can laugh about it again. Um, okay. So a couple of things to go back to the better life's point. I think the line domination was more than anticipated. That's true, but it wasn't, I guess the more than anticipated in terms of it lasted the duration of the game, right? The offensive line for Kansas city never found their legs. In fact, they looked like they got tired more, quickly than the Tampa Bay defensive line got tired, right? They were out of gas. You know, they, they were losing more one V ones in the fourth quarter than they were in the first and second quarter. Yeah. Um, 
And it was hap- you know, the lo- the losses and the speed with which Tampa Bay was getting into the backfield was surprising. Like it was happening really, really fast. Mahomes had very little time to re- re- like read, respond, react. Like I don't know that there was a world in which they come out with a really short, quick ball out of his hands in a second passing attack and it neutralizes it because it was the disruption in the pocket was immediate. So many downs on obvious passing downs. Um, I also think it's pre- it's pretty clear to point out that in years past, in games past, when Pat Mahomes has broken the pocket and he's running amok and he's you know he's he's on the bootleg or he's scrambling, um, he has hit some home runs down the field, and his playmakers have made plays, and they didn't. They did yesterday. There was quite that- a lot of drops, but at the same time, like the defensive backfield for the Bucks was there. Every single time, it wasn't like guys were. It, was, it wasn't like the was who is it from the Bears who dropped it in the end zone? Was that Wims? It wasn't like yeah. they. It wasn't like the Buck. It wasn't like the Chiefs were clearly winning their downfield one on ones with their weapons, and the guys were dropping balls. There was contention on every single pass. Balls were getting tipped. Guys were getting popped. It was. A very, very strong performance by the Bucs secondary. They have some very, very good players. And as we know, as we've covered at length, if you can get pressure on Mahomes with four, then that leaves seven guys that you can run around with in the backfield. And that gives you a much better chance of playing defense against Tyree Kill. You can put two guys on him, not really sweat it. You know, they couldn't stop, you know, Kelsey, but they kind of just shrugged and said, whatever, we'll give them 20 to 20. We don't care. We'll wait until they're in the red zone. And then we'll, you know, then we'll, we know kind of exactly what they like, what their tendencies are in the red zone and we'll stump them then. Right. And that worked well, you know, and it was a complete team performance from the Bucks from whistle to whistle. And they absolutely deserve the credit for winning this game more so than the Chiefs for losing. Um, And the defense played their best game of the season in the best time to play the best game of the season. And some of that might have excellent timing for that. Yes. Some of that obviously was their matchups on the, against a, a weak offensive line. Uh, some of that was obviously Kansas city skill position players, no showing some of that was obviously, you know, some of it was probably home field advantage. Do you think home field advantage made a little bit of a comeback in the super bowl? I mean, it sure looked like they felt pretty comfortable in that environment. Sure. looked it's- like they were fired the hell up. It doesn't hurt to play in your home stadium. Like it can't, no. it can't be, no. it can't be a negative whatsoever. Like it, it is, you know, less travel, whatever you want to say with uh, the restrictions and all the stuff. Maybe it was a little easier on them not having to travel. Although Kansas City had two weeks. So I don't know. I don't know if it was a big deal. I think it was just, it was great game planning by everybody on Tampa staff. And really, you know, as much as we've harped on Kansas city in the regular season, especially the second half of the regular season, and then gave them credit in the playoffs for going a little scorched earth, bringing out the, the good plays with the air quotes here. It wasn't great. It wasn't great by, you know, if you want to put it on Andy, not me, Andy Reid or B enemy or whoever, you know, that probably a combination of them. I don't think, they were prepared to, you know, whatever you needed to do to make up for the fact that you have two really good pass rushers coming off the edge versus tackles that didn't start the season at starting tackle. You know, it's, it needed to be the focal point of, we need to do something to game plan around that. It just seemed like we're just going to do what we always do. 
we'll be fine. We hope those guys can hold off JPP. They hold the hold off Barrett and, you know, Roger Rogers, Mahomes will step up and make them pay. And if they blitz, they're dead. And to Tampa's credit and stuff we talked about previously, they didn't blitz uh, some great coverages uh, on the free play on the, what the offside, we had the free play. And I mean, just a great defensive effort by the cornerback there or safety. Yep. And, you know, they didn't make big mistakes in coverage. Like you see, oh, there's Tyree Kill and he's 13 yards behind the strong safety. What, what are we doing here? Like free safety's on the other side of the field. This is, he's dead. Like he's going to get to the end zone yeah. before anybody has an angle. Like that's, that's your, your aft when you do that. We didn't see big lapses in coverage because they didn't blitz. And you saw, sure, tackling. You saw, and then, you know, let's call a spade a spade. There was drops. Yeah, like there the, were Mahomes, Mahomes, superhuman effort on a couple of plays. The one to the corner of the end zone, which I'm like, when I saw that in real time, like, did he, did he, are they going to call that a touchdown? Like it was close. I, it, it, I didn't think they would, but I'm like, Jesus, I've seen crazier things from him. And then the, the, you know, sling it as he's yeah. falling down somehow made it. I mean, uh, the people were saying, would that be the craziest touchdown ever in a Super Bowl? No, because it wouldn't have been a touchdown, but yeah, it would have right. been a first down and that would have yeah. been a wild ass catch if he caught that. So yeah, um, um, the no, people are bringing up the penalties. Yeah. We, we touched on the penalties last night. Some of them were soft, but at the same <laughs> time, those were, you know, you gotta be able to overcome that. If you are this all world offense, yeah, not getting course. in the end zone at all was pretty rough. Yeah, I agree. Um, the penalties really only made a difference in that second quarter. And it was kind of in, I mean, again, this is entirely in hindsight because we did a halftime show and I didn't really want to dwell on it, but Andy Reid called some timeouts. He gave Tampa, he bailed Tampa Bay out of basically kneeling for halftime. It gave them the time on the clock to take some opportunities and take some chances to throw some deep balls. And they got the calls like, that they rolled the dice, they got the calls. Um, the fact that you happened to get an interception on the one play where there was a really soft defensive holding, that was unfortunate. But it's not like that was it's not like they saw the pick happen and then they threw the flag. Like he threw there was a soft call and then there happened to be a pick on that tip, you know? So I would I I didn't love the officiating, specifically on that throw you're talking about where he ran around for 15 seconds and then you know cross his body hit the pylon um there was a lot of clutching and grabbing of the wide receiver on that play and i yeah. think everyone knew everyone was just kind of gave up on oh well, this is a throwaway stupid play but in hindsight oh wait actually that was an attempt at catching a touchdown pass and that was he had a better he had a better play on the ball than mike evans did on the mike on the mike evans pi call oh my god um, so yeah, I mean, it was it was one sided officiating. I don't think you can really argue that either way. But it's not like if it had been exactly evenly officiated that that would have made those teams equal on that day. <laughs> it wouldn't have leveled the no, point. I think yeah, Tampa wins day. by six instead. Yeah, I mean, maybe yeah, the comeback is a touchdown closer. You know, maybe yeah, the the final margin is fourteen points maybe instead of twenty two. Who knows? Um, but yeah, it was it was shocking. It was surprising that we never saw Kansas City really roar back to life like we have every time they've had a deficit. And I don't know, man. We talked a lot on this podcast over the course of the season about how Kansas City really was playing with their food and, you know, not really didn't have the killer instinct and it was more than comfortable to let teams generate a lead on them knowing that they would come back and they, you know, eventually there's a single elimination 
winning a Super Bowl, NFL playoffs is a single elimination. You can't afford to be, uh, you know, t- to let one game slip through your fingers. You can't afford to let a hot team come in and take your lunch uh, in, you know, for three quarters of a game and expect to win. And that's what they did. And I, I don't know. I wish I had had Tampa Bay money. I guess when it's all said and done, I wish I had, uh, you know, had had picked the market right on that one. I didn't really make anything. I think I maybe like a, you know, I think I had a small piece that's like a four figure win, but it doesn't make up for the Chiefs live Chiefs tickets and the Mahomes tickets I had that are gone. Um, yeah, it was a it was, it was it, it. The Chiefs were soft ultimately, and we knew it. And I think they were soft in this game. And I think that's one of the things that cost them. Uh, too much reliance on Pat Mahomes doing what he does and being magical. And he tried his hardest. He he absolutely did. You get a get an A for effort. Uh, but his coaching staff didn't give him a great game plan. His the the you know, the, the the breaks didn't go their way. They didn't come up, they didn't they didn't come up with the key plays when they needed it. Um you know, Tom, that one snap where ball flies over Tom Brady's head, it kind of felt like if they had somehow had someone in the backfield that could have recovered that, like that could have been the momentum swing. And here we go. Now it's on. Game is on. Chiefs, you know, score on that one and and, and game back on. Um, similarly, on. with the first, similarly, the first drive after the second half started, like they settled for a real soft field goal there. And it was like, no, maybe they don't. Bad. Maybe they don't really get the stakes here. Like maybe they don't realize what a big deficit this is and how much they're losing their one v ones, and that that's going to keep happening. Like they were a little too real. You know, it's, it's, it's my myself as well. I was a little too anchored on. Well, they've come back every time. Well, Mahomes has finished inside of eight points every game. Like I was anchored. I was too anchored on. There, well, you know the potential for there to be a Bucks blowout here, and it cost the me big, money. And the biggest, yeah, the difference here was, and we do keep making comparisons to last year. And I don't want to throw as as much of a mess as Houston is now. That Texans team was nice on offense. Yeah, they were. That was a good offensive they had Hopkins team. Hopkins at the time. They had Hopkins, and Watson was playing at a high level. Fuller, yeah. I mean, yeah, everybody was. That was that was a clicking team, like. That's a, that's a bad analogy, but like the Niners offense, what they did for a game plan, they were relying on, we're going to stop Patrick Mahomes and score like 20 points and try to win this game. The Bucks weren't going to do that. The Bucks went and stayed aggressive on offense. It wasn't, all right, well, we'll see if they can come back and, you know, we'll, we'll just try to grind out a couple first downs. And if they get the ball back, we'll try to play defense again. Like they, they did try to stay aggressive they didn't even score that much in the second half as as much as i am trying to give them credit there you know that it's not like they put up a bunch of points in the second half but at that point the lead was too big and the you know a couple people in the chat have said this the the lack of urgency from kansas city the settling you know you could say what it, it was a long fourth down but the way that the play sequencing was yeah, it's that like whole four the whole four downs it's like yeah it's like they were planning on well, well if we'll just kick this if we don't get this yeah like, I, I didn't like uh yeah i didn't like a lot of the game plan from kansas city um going you know going forward if you want to look long term i'm not worried about them oh that was a one-year wonder and you know there's a game plan to beat Mahomes. like it was a really tough game against a really really good team 
with a really good defense missing some starting tackles. Like that, that's a rough yeah. look. And again, kudos to everybody on the Tampa Bay coaching staff for putting together such a good game plan, to, uh, doing something that Shanahan couldn't, doing something that McVay, you know, uh, McVay has not done. It's, it's, it's something. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, my, um, as much as much as we harped on Arians, he has a very smart coaching staff. Those guys will probably get some head coaching looks here again. It's yeah. You know. So this is when I was worried, and you it, it was that three, it was that four play series at the Tampa thirty seven. First and ten, running with Daryl Williams. Why? Yeah. Uh, second and seven, the screen pass to McCall McCall Hardman. Why? Uh, and then third and seven, an incomplete, uh, uh, you know, that was short of the sticks to Kelsey when they brought the house and you could see it coming, you know, they, they, it was incomplete, but he wasn't going to get the first down anyway. Um, and then yeah, 52 yard field goal. And at, at that was the, mo- you know, that first drive ends. And that was the moment I was like, okay, the, the chiefs are in trouble. This is, this is not good. Um, yeah. Lack of urgency was a problem. And you know, they kind they 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 had the same mindset of oh well it'll all work out we'll eventually get our touchdowns whatever and it just never came so that was it those are the last points they scored too yeah that was pretty wild that they didn't score again and they were down there but then the a turnover on downs a turnover in the end zone like they, they were driving just not it was kind of the story of any time they've been unsuccessful the red zone has not worked out for them and uh, yeah Tampa Bay was very good at keeping them to a minimum in the red zone, you know, not that the one field goal was, but uh, yeah, they had a turnover, a turnover on downs, three field goals. If you can do that, that's, it's rough. And anytime, like you mentioned the Daryl Williams run, you know, it's been brought up by a million people, a million times, including us right now on this podcast, but the way that the both offensive lines were getting, you know, both sides of the line were getting beat up by Tampa. Like how I said, yeah, Tampa kept running even though maybe the running isn't always the best place sequencing at certain times because they could, yeah, they were, you they can't, were actually, yeah, right. they were working them up front. It didn't matter if it was freaking Leonard Fournette; it was still working. They're chomping off six yards of carry. Like, yeah, just keep doing that. I don't care if it's first down. If, if your first down runs are successful plays, uh, adapt and do that. That's fine. But the fact that Kansas city was getting just punched in the face up front, yeah. And they decided like a Daryl Williams run is what we need here. Yeah. None of, I don't even know what their most successful running play was. It was probably a jet. Well, sweep. there was a couple of good Clyde Get, Edwards or, hilarious where they, uh, they created some gaps and they got, they got some nice gap runs for Clyde. Uh, he had like 25 the Mahomes runs. Point Mahomes run scrambles were good because yeah. they extended those drives. Yeah. Um, okay. You said you're not long-term worried about the chiefs after this performance. One thing does change. This the door is closed now on them competing for Super Bowls with a cap control quarterback. Yeah, uh, that is over. This is where the this is where the front office becomes important. Right, the party is over now in terms of being able to populate your your roster with um, you know expensive players. They're going to have to now do it through the draft. And oh, by the way, they drafted a running back in the first round last year. Um, although they got Sneed was a great, he was a steal in the draft and Thornhill looks like he's going to be a fine player. So they have talent. They have young talent on defense that should continue to develop. Um, the Frank Clark contract looks bad. Uh, they're going to lose Sammy Watkins almost surely. They're probably not going to be able to sign, 
one of these wide free agent wide receivers. So they're going to have to hit the draft for the wide receiver position and hope that someone's there at the end of the first round who has good talent. Um, but yeah, this becomes now building on a budget and you know, balling on a budget, balling on a budget and cross crossing your fingers that Mahomes stays healthy. He's got, he's had toe surgery now. I didn't think he looked limited really. No, personally. and he will, I, I didn't you think know, that impacted his performance at all. I think clearly, you know, what was much more that the, the, the game was lost for the Casey offense. The Casey offense was stopped because their offensive line couldn't win one B ones. And, the secondary for the you know for the Bucks played just an amazing game, um, and really the entire defensive backfield for the Bucks was awesome. So uh, good luck repeating that effort if you're you know playing the Chiefs next year. But some teams will probably be able to emulate that, especially if the Chiefs cannot uh, kind of stay healthy on the offensive line. But yeah, I think I'm not long term worried about the Chiefs. They should be the proverbial favorites. Maybe the maybe the maybe the heavy favorites in the AFC next year. Do you? And do you remember this time last year we were talking about some of the pieces that Kansas City had added in free agency that worked, especially on the defensive side? You know, they brought in some, I don't want to say cast-offs. They weren't like complete cast-offs, but some of the pieces they brought in, it's like, oh, shit, that that worked. Like, your defense isn't super shitty anymore. Like, that's all you needed was just a halfway okay defense and let the offense eat. It, it felt like the same way with Tampa with some of the stuff they did. Yeah. You know, obviously Antonio Brown was a bit of a, you can't say he's a cast off, but the fact that he was maybe going to prison or in a lot of legal trouble and they were able to get him down there, uh, the, the making for network at all, you know, the, just the draft that they put together. And then, yeah, some of the, other, some of the other people, the JPP thing, like JPP was kind of looked, Oh, he's in decline. He's not good anymore. There's going to, you know, whoever's going to pick him up, it's a bit of a project. And he played obviously very well. So it's whenever you see this, uh, a Super Bowl team that's maybe not, uh, and some of these aren't like dynasties, you know, uh, obviously you put together a Peyton Manning, a, a Tom Brady, and some of the stuff they put up in New England. It's just, it's going to keep going. You know, those teams are going to be good for years. But you, you do kind of see a theme like, and we mentioned this just a minute ago with the cap hits and what's going to happen with Mahomes' contract. Like front offices getting creative is how you go deep into the playoffs, how you win Super Bowls. Team and roster construction is easily the most important thing in the NFL. I think it always will be. That's probably why we're not going to see Houston be successful. If you can't put a good team together on the field and make sure you're doing okay, okay in the draft because the draft's a bit of a crapshoot, but doing well in free agency and putting together the depth and just the kind of rosters that can compete. That's, that's the money. And you know, you can see it, you can see it backfire like teams going to cap hell. And if a team in cap hell has injuries and their depth sucks, like they're going to end up like the Eagles this year, like the Eagles, I respect their front office. They've done great moves, but the injuries they've had the last two years, just nothing you can do about it. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, funny in hindsight that the defense wins championships narrative ended up being the truth. I mean, effectively the Bucks beat the Packers in hindsight. It was thanks to those three and out stops after the picks. Yeah. Right. And the Bucks beat the chiefs with defense. 
Yeah, um, a little bit of luck doesn't hurt. Like, like you no, said, no, it's, no, a sing- no, sure. it's a single elimination. Yeah, tournament. They, they beat the Bucks. You still got to get a little lucky. The Bucks beat the Saints with defense. They came. They got the takeaways. Yeah. Um, it's it's kind of wild. Uh, was the uh, was the best quarterback performance against the Bucks in the playoffs Heineke. by Taylor Heineke? How crazy is that? Yeah. yeah. I, um, and it's funny too the 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 tweets and I again this is not a dig on Tampa because they. They did great. They were playing well, but it was funny when they, the tweets that come out, like, is this the greatest playoff run of all time? He had to go through all these hall of famers in it's and it's, it lists Mahomes, Rogers and Drew Brees, like Drew Brees, 2021 is not a hall of fame quarterback. No. Like he, He's a hall of fame. His career is great, but he, he was not good. He was yeah. not good in that game. He was not great the past, you know, they, they made do. They have a really smart coaching staff. They worked around his strength, arm strength and problems. Yeah. Like they were they com- they composed a pretty good record for the past couple of years based on how Breeze was looking. But like that that part always made me laugh. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Rodgers was great this year. Mahomes is a tough competitor. Like that was something, but honestly, Heineke was better than Drew Brees. And I and there are plenty of ways you can spin your narrative about this game and this run for the Bucks, but I don't think you need to go winning. Out winning three that road way. games is winning way three more road impressive. games is great. Yes, absolutely. That's way more impressive than beating like listing. You beat Drew Brees. He's a Hall of Fame. And Drew Brees sucks shit this year. Like he he yeah. he had some serious problems against against a good defense. That was a great matchup. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's focus a little bit on the Bucks then. Move off the Chiefs. Um, Tom Brady comes to Tampa. My initial gut reaction was this is not going to work. I was ice cold on them in March, April last year until they had a really good draft and they got some really nice pieces uh, in free agency. And it was all of a sudden like, okay, actually, no, maybe they're good, but I'm not sure how good. I'm not sure they're better than the Saints good. And I'm not sure Tom Brady fits with these weapons, you know. And I, and honestly, that Super Bowl performance yesterday, that was vintage Tom Brady. That was we were worried how- about Arian's <laughs> system with Tom yeah, Brady. Right, right, getting yeah, hit right. too much. Right, yes. And it, it it took a while, but eventually Brady bent the team to his will, and they were running a very Patriots style offense yesterday. Very, very. I mean, Gronk for crying out loud. Gronk's yeah. back from the dead. And they, they healed so fast this year, too. The injury bug just never... <laughs> <laughs> the TV hey, 12 man. system. Strength and conditioning is important in the NFL. If we've learned nothing, we've learned that this year. Um, but no, I was I was cold on this working for the Bucs. I was I thought, okay, maybe in two years, but he's, Brady's going to be a year older. Um, Brady was washed as can be in some of those late Patriots games, and now it's fair to look back and say, wow, they, maybe that was just a bad offense with bad players, and you know, Brady really threw Brady really threw me off the stench with that uh, getting shut out in the second half at home against the Tennessee Titans last year in the playoffs. Um, that really threw me off the stench. He threw a touchdown right at the end, didn't he? <laughs> he did. The last play in Foxborough for Tom Brady was a touchdown pass to the other team. That that is a good point. It did kind of throw us off the scent as yeah. far as does he still have it? But um, can you name those starting three receivers in that? Uh, 
in that uh, Patriots game. I don't know if I can. I'm not. I'm trying to put you on the spot. Edelman probably. Uh, like Although Edelman. Hurt, and Edelman then, had surgery like the next day. He was Edelman he was, was yeah. He was not 100. percent But either way, it wasn't Godwin's Evan and Antonio you know, Brown. No. Antonio no. Brown, Gronk. No. Brady, Cameron no. Bray. No. Scotty Miller, Tyler Johnson. No, it wasn't any of those guys. And yeah, Leonard so Fournette. the pieces you have around your guy matter, and the system matters. And I mean. Yeah. Bill Belichick, the GM, has cleaned out the cupboard in New England. Good luck to them. Um, but yeah, I was not, I didn't know that it was going to work. I didn't realize, I, I guess I, shame on me for not having more faith in Tom Brady to, you know, bring his experience and his, you know, his understanding and knowledge of what works in the NFL to the Bucks and bending their, you know, their will to his, you know, desire. And he did it and he did well. And they got better as the season went on. They obviously, uh, you know, got were hot down the stretch. Uh, there's no denying that. Um, no one really had the blueprint to stop this offense. I mean, what was the best defensive performance you saw against the Bucks in the last half of the year? Were there any? I the, didn't really see any. When was the Packers game? Uh, the that was like week six, maybe. Yeah, I was gonna say once once they shut them down, like. It's like, oh my God, like, is can this defense turn up like this? But then you, then they had like the Bears game. It's like, well, what the hell is this team? Is this team good or not? And yeah, you know, I, I, especially losing to the Saints twice, it's like, man, if, if you can't win the division, can you really do this? And uh, I hate to be like defense wins championships because that's not a thing. But when you have a serviceable offense and a defense that matches up this well, like that, they really, their window is small. Like they, they have so many free agents. I know Mike Evans came out and said today that he's willing to, to take a, a friendly deal to make sure they can keep a lot of this team together. But I mean, both of these teams in today's NFL, especially now COVID year with the possibility of a cap being smaller than the year prior for what the first time ever in the history of the world. Yeah. It's, it's going to be tricky to keep some of these teams together, but um if people are willing to take some deals like that, uh, some team friendly deals, they can do it. And definitely, you know, I would say in the driver's seat for the division, if they mostly come back, well, I'm, very I'm not, much so. Well, Who's competing I, in division? I'm not sure what if the Saints go get somebody. I don't think they can because their their cap sucks. They're going to lose. If, if, if Taysom, yeah, if Taysom Hill plays well, it could be a dogfight or Jameis. Hopefully, Jameis, but like. Uh, New Orleans has enough talent left on that team. Honestly, I think if they started Taysom Hill, they win that game. Yeah. Drew Brees kind of sucked in that game. Like yeah, they did. that was a competitive game. And it except for all the freaking turnovers. So I think the Saints will be it's kind of one in one A. Like if the Saints can keep a lot of the roster together, they both have some questions there. But uh, Green Bay, I think they'll probably stay. Uh, I don't know what their cap hit looks like this year. It's not great, but they don't spend. I don't. Anyway. I don't think they really. Yeah, they're not a big spending team. Green Bay will be right there. Healthy Niners team will be right there. If any of these free agent quarterbacks end up in the NFC, they'll be. You know, there's some people that can make an instant impact. Um, I don't know how I, we we went over the Stafford thing. I don't know how that really makes a huge impact. I think good coach probably elevates him anything he did in the Detroit. So the NFC, it'll be a good, 
a good playoff set again. Like the teams that win, the teams that compete for the the NFC title. But Tampa Bay is probably presumptive favorite. I think if, you if keep them, the squad together. I think you make them the clear favorite. I'd put them a little bit. I'd put them over Green Bay for sure, but not by a ton. You know, not not a massive gap. Hmm. I think well, there's Green odds. Takes, there's odds available think, on this. I think Green Bay takes a pretty sizable step back next year, and it's because their schedule is a lot harder. I'm not. I'm. I'm more sold on Lafleur now. Okay. I'm a little more sold on Lafleur. I think they just need to actually make something happen in the offseason that will help their team instead of drafting a fullback and a, a quarterback that might never take a snap. They're going to have just, a new defensive system, new defensive coordinator, yep. not a lot of defense. Which might, which might be a plus. I didn't like him. <clears throat> I, think, I, I don't think the defense gets worse. I think the defense is a neutral with the possibility of working out better if they add a free agent. So hmm. I don't uh, see give, Green give Bay Rogers really in the next, next year. Well, that'll be a hot take. Yeah, I mean they'll it's make a the tough playoffs, schedule. So their division is is yeah totally they'll win they'll off, win their division. But... They'll have a home game, and that's that's the thing. Even if it's like ah, oh, this team is maybe just as good as last year, not any better. They win like eleven games. You're not impressed with them. They get a home game in the playoffs. They'll be in the divisional round, and then you're facing Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs. Like they'll be right there because of that. So if they get him somebody to throw to. Here's what happens to Green Bay next year. They get the third seed. They beat the sixth seed. They go to San Francisco in the 2-3 matchup, and they get trucked. Oh, not, that's that's Rodgers' territory. He doesn't lose in California. He doesn't win that game if they go to San Francisco, I'll tell you that much. Um, no, I think the well Niners, and, and I think I think Tampa Bay hosts the Niners next year in the uh, NFC title game. That's what uh, that's my long, long view. And I don't know who the quarterback's going to be for the Niners, but I don't know that it matters. Um, let's say, uh, let's say, I, I don't know. I think Bucks are going to be probably four or five percent clear of the field in terms of of my I'm what I'm guessing my probability for them to win the NFC is going to be. And part of the reason is because they have a really good young core. This entire offensive line is coming back. They have some great, great cornerstone pieces on both sides of the ball. And yeah. And I, I don't know. Let's let's like looking back, like, boy, they did a great job of um re, you know, reclamation project on Jason Pierre Paul. He was such a huge player for them down the stretch. He played his ass off in December and January. Um, and Dominican Sue continues to be criminally underpaid and underappreciated. Like that guy eats two blockers on every freaking criminal, snap. Criminal was a good use of words there. Oh, and Dominican <laughs> Sue's not a criminal. He's <laughs> he is he's a shithead on the field. Yeah, he's he's, he's nasty. He's nasty. Yeah, he's a guy I mean, who wants to set the tone. He sets the tone. Yeah, you know, you know, at William Hill set Green Bay and Tampa Bay at the, at the same price to win the Super Bowl. I don't like that. Which I at all. I would I'm with you. I disagree, but okay. I don't think the gap is massive. Okay. I'll. Uh, I got a long time. To work it on my sounds priors. like you want to. <laughs> I do think that get number only gets shorter. I mean, Tampa Bay is going to get a home playoff game this time around. They're probably going to get the one seed. I would guess their schedule is wow. looks favorable to me. Long um, time, long time. There's too many quarterbacks that have to land yet for me to make huge decisions. But that's Although, just it. That's just they it. Have, they have all so the good games. quarterbacks are in the AFC now, man. Tom Brady somehow pulled off the swindle of all time where he flipped conferences at exactly the right time. He only has to contend with Aaron Rodgers 
And Aaron Rodgers is handicapped by a team that has the NFC. Terrible defense. It'll be better. I would like that too, but I don't know. That I would like it. It would it would create some competitive balance. And the like most that. likely trade partners for Watson are Miami and New York Jets. <laughs> I know that's what that's what sucks. It's like he's likely staying in the AFC. That'll be really fun coming down the stretch. I think I think we're in for a very fun off season just based on. Yeah, well, first off, the combine's not happening, which is going to be weird. For the the draft could get wacky, but the the amount of quarterbacks that are going to flip flop, the amount of teams that don't know who their quarterback's going to be going in like right now is it's pretty fun in my opinion so that'll be I, I don't think watson ends up in the nfc but that would be awesome in my opinion i'd like to yeah. see that i don't know who the i don't think the bears are a great trade partner the bears getting wins likely makes them worse the same i don't know maybe his change of scenery fixes him i don't think that's the case but i'm not sure who the nfc trade partner for watson would be Outside I don't of the Bears. Either. I'm not sure. I don't either. think there is one. No, I don't think so either. And the Bears don't have the capital. You look good in Tampa. <laughs> That's a good system for him. Saints too, for that matter. But I don't think. Oh, I don't hate that. Um. Uh. Okay. What do you think? What do you, I guess so? So you're kind of with me that Tampa's, you know, Tampa should be favored, re- reasonably favored to run it back. Okay. Okay. Shaq Barrett, great player. Defense solid. Devin White, Levante David back solid, solid. Young secondary, all very fucking talented. Uh, Tampa Bay is going to be in the mix next year. Tom Brady picked exactly the right spot to try to win two more championships. It's tradition. We bury Seattle this time every year. Seattle's working backwards, in my opinion, because of the coaching decision making. Do you what? And the NFC West is just going to be a dogfight that I think San Francisco emerges from, but it's really tough to say. Do you think I'm? Are you are you higher on Rams or Seattle than San Francisco? At this point, if Stafford works out, Rams above Seattle. Like Seattle could end up third in the division just based off a lack of coaching. Obviously, yeah. the third best head coach and best quarterback. So it's kind of a weird trade-off. Yeah. Okay. But uh, it'll be it'll be cool to see what McVay can do with Stafford because obviously Goff was hugely limiting them, and it was. You know, McVeigh making chicken salad out of chicken shit a lot of times where it's like, hey, he sucks, but we can play well enough and I can coach him well enough to get us to a Super Bowl, you know, where we look really bad. And it's funny because he was pretty much out schemed, which again, you're going to, you're going to rag on a guy for getting out schemed by the master. It's, it's tough. No, I, tough I, I think this is a fair point. Shanahan, uh, Shanahan was the better was was is a better coach than Arians. He uh he pooped his pants in the Super Bowl. McVeigh was a better coach than Arians. He pooped his pants in his first Super Bowl. Um, it is notable that Arians and this crew and Todd Bowles and Byron Leftwich they coached their asses off yesterday. They were excellent. And it's weird too because you think it would be the other way around. You hear these quotes from Dan Marino, and these are kind of sad when you reflect on them. But he, he made the Super Bowl, what, his like second year? Yes. And he said, and they lost. And he said, oh, you know, I'm 20, whatever. <laughs> he probably played all four years at Pitt. So he's probably like 23, 24. He's like, I'm a young man. I'm sure this is going to happen a bunch. We'll get him next time. And it just, it didn't. It never did, obviously. And you would think like McVeigh and Shanahan would be a little more YOLO. Like, hey, I'm 30 something. I'm, are they, is either of them 40? 
I think they're both. Shannon's, Shannon's right around 40. Shannon's right around 40, yeah. Shannon. Yeah, they're, both, they're, they're younger men where they have to be thinking, like, I have a bright career ahead of me. I'm going to be back here. I'm going to have other chances at this. I don't want to be conservative and lose this because I was a pussy. Like, yeah. I, I'll have other shots at this. And Arians is the oldest damn coach to ever win a Super Bowl. Like he has to wonder, like, how many more years can I coach? I've already retired once because of health problems. Will I ever be back here again? The fact that he didn't turtle is a huge testament <laughs> yes. to the intestinal fortitude of a man who wears fucking kangles. Yeah, he's a cool cat. He's a cool cat, he's man. He's a cool dude. He's a cool dude. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think it really can't be overstated how good the preparation, how good the game plan, how good the in-game decision-making was, and how how well, again, a lot of things go into being a football head football coach. One of those things is how can you get your guys fired up? Can you get them inspired on game day? Can you get them to play for you? And Bruce Arians had those guys yep. on 100 yesterday. They were awesome. I give him some credit for that. Tony um, Romo did pee his pants a little during the broadcast. Oh, he did. That was gross. Yeah. Mm. Who got an isotoner deal? Uh, that was Dan Marino. OJ? Yeah, Dan Marino was an isotoner guy. Don't you remember that? Like that's the commercial in Ace Ventura where he's he's trying he's oh, doing the he's doing the glove commercial and the guys pick him up and carry him away and that's how he gets kidnapped in Ace Ventura. I haven't seen Ace Ventura in a long time. <laughs> um, okay. So, any final thoughts on some of the fun stuff that happened around the Super Bowl? We had a bunch of prop winners. I, that um, one, that's yeah, it. I that, couldn't by get... the way, totally bailed out on all of my live plays, halftime yeah. bets that were bad, not seeing Tampa Bay coming, not covering futures exposure, all of that totally bailed out by some, uh, some prop plays. First one I want to talk about, which was my favorite prop that I stumped on every freaking piece of media I did last week, it was the Pat Mahomes pass attempts over. Yeah. I was watching that one very closely. There was a lot of, you know, he threw a pass and that'd be a penalty and they take it off and I'd be pissed, you know. A lot of like short dump offs that I was like, I hope they don't count those as rush attempts, you know, those sort of things. And then we get to 41 and I had most of my, most of my action, I think I had, I, I was spread out across a couple shops. Most of my action was at 41 and a half, but I had a big chunk at 41 too. And he throws... They get the they get the ball back. Thankfully, he was at thirty nine, and I'm like, okay, phew, he'll get three pass attempts at least in this drive, and we can all we can all go home happy, even though the Chiefs are getting their asses kicked. Yep. He threw number one, and it was a completion. He threw number two, and it got tipped, popped and up into the air, and intercepted. And the side judge. God bless her. She did a great job yesterday. She was great out there. She ran out and saved my ass. Hit the ground right where the ball would have hit the ground if it had. Sarah. If it had. <laughs> Said, no interception. It hit the ground. Bruce Arians is looking at it. He's listening to those guys, and he's like, ah, fuck it. We're going to win. I'm not going to challenge. Yep. And that was his 41st pass attempt. He goes and he throws it on the next play. He gets to 42. I haven't seen <laughs> replay in slow, super slow-mo and high def, but I am 90-something percent sure that was a pick and that the game should have ended there. He probably should have landed on 41. Yeah, and the, <laughs> there were 41 and a half. I saw people betting 41 oh, yeah. and I had all, Most of my action was 41 and a half. 
absolutely yeah. i yeah that was that, that was uh that was a very very fortuitous yeah and um, this is a good point the same the same call resulted in tyree kill going over his yes reception it did yes it did and uh edwards edwards alaire receiving yards yep. too edwards alaire got crazy how many, yards after that how yep. many you remember and you remember these prop ones for years because it's silly stuff like i had yeah. a bow bo scarborough under rushing <laughs> yards in an in an alabama title game and he was and he got injured yeah, like he had to come out of the game, and you're just like, you never cheer for injuries. <laughs> you're giddy. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll always <laughs> yeah. remember, like, like you're just waiting for confirmation. Like they're not putting him back in, right? Like he he's not going back in the game, right? And when it's and the same one, uh, OJ. I always say OJ Mayo, who is definitely a basketball player. Yes, he is. OJ Howard. I had some OJ Howard stats, or OJ Howard had a long catch in that one that cashed oh, yeah. something like one catch. It's, it's and I don't know why I keep doing this to myself. Like it's way more fun to just bet a bunch of props than than to be involved in the game whatsoever. So yep. always do that unless you find a real strong edge. Yeah, um, yeah. Obviously, the anthem was super fun, and it's funny. Like the the one person in the chat who was like, "Oh my god, it's flying!" Like, no, don't say that. I'm not timing it. I, I this is the first time in years I didn't time it. I just said I'm going with it, and man, when they started passing the the lyrics back and forth a little, it's like this is this is clearly at two minutes already. We're we're solid here. That was fun. Starboy was fun. Only eight songs at halftime. Uh, red jacket cashed, glasses cashed, gloves cashed. A lot of fun at the halftime. I don't know what last song was. I think that was a prop. Um, the sax prop, yeah. I know some people who had three and a half on sacks. That was a rough beat. Yeah, seriously, because Mahomes got hit like eight, nine times. Yeah. He was under pressure on, I don't know, 50% of passing down. Yeah, landed, he landed 49, on 49 times. Landed on four. The surprise didn't go over like a four and a half. There were, and then the Brady, the Brady bad snap. They called that a fumble recovery tackle for loss. Instead that was not snap, ruled. They, yeah, they don't they don't rule those sacks. So there was some there was some funniness in just it's not funniness. That's how the score will rule that sort of play every time. I assume so. Um, props were fun. Sammy Watkins unders Kelsey. I mean, some people wanted to fade that. God bless them. They tried, but even at setting that at like 105, he cleared that. He was just such a big part of that offense, especially once once they got behind. You had to feel pretty bad about any Kansas City unders, like Kelsey receiving. I think what what was Tyreek's yardage? I, I want to say that probably stayed under, but regardless, Tyreek's did. Oh, yeah, he was not. He was in the nine. He was in ninety four, and he was. He finished seventy something. No roughing the passer. Lost late. Yes, that was tough. Um, I have it on my list today to rewatch and listen for a second Belichick mention. I heard one in the first quarter. Clearly, uh, was there a second Belichick mention? Did anyone see that? Because I was graded a push. But I watched I with my kids, dude. I didn't hear shit. You didn't hear it. Okay. Um, <clears throat> no one in the chat did either. Okay. Um, <clears throat> oh, some of the other fun ones. The team, the scope, secret scope play was a was a great sweat. Over six and a half points was fun as hell. Forgot um, all about it. Some of the other ones I advocated for that went Cam Tam Tampa Bay to score first touchdown was a winner. Kansas City to score first field goal was a winner. Field goals over one and a half for Butker was a winner. Butker minus 125 over suck up total points was a winner. Uh, and yeah, it was a good, that was a good, it was a really good day. Uh, no dick nose in the first quarter. And 
that was not even close. There was absolutely no Andy Reid dick nose in the first quarter. That wasn't even going to be possible. Um, Blue, why and why do they do this? These broadcasts, we're seeing this. Um, golf has been good about it, sort of. I mean, they sucked at it, but golf is doing like special broadcasts just for gambling. You're seeing, you know, leagues that are pairing with sports betting companies. You're seeing alternate broadcasts for gambling. Get your shit straight next year. Whoever has the Super Bowl, show the Gatorade. It's been like yeah. three out of four years now where somebody has to go get footage from somebody at the yeah. game taping with their camera on Twitter to find out who, what color the Gatorade. That's that's not even something silly. Like, you know, the roughing the passer, the dick nose stuff, slapping Sarah on the butt stuff. You know, that's shitty offshore stuff that you're not going to find at a lot of places. But the Gatorade color is that everywhere. everywhere. That's a top yeah. five legal problem. legal shops in New Jersey were writing that problem. That is up, yeah. That's up there with MVP and Anthem bets. That's so high on the list. Show the Gatorade bath. I and, implore and you. It's probably the only time we're going to see Bruce Arians get dunked anyway. Maybe, like, give yeah, it to I, us. I, like, give it. I can't like, believe make, they didn't like, show like, that. Like, like, have a camp. And honestly, CBS guys, like, the game was the game was not in doubt. Like, have a camera on Bruce Arians for the entirety yes. of the you know last two minutes there guys what the hell um embarrassing right. embarrassing um did who did brady thank first players players i think you think you yeah, thank right? uh, like the players first okay are there any other big props that we needed to cover just for people if they were curious uh giselle mentioned they never mentioned I don't know. they did not mention the spread will gave me that one uh uh and i did they did not mention the spread um I don't know. First half under just with a streaker that was available. Yeah. He, and he was, he was visible on the broadcast. It has to, I know a lot of people. Oh yeah. You saw him. You saw him on the broadcast. Yep. And even on the field prop. Yeah. Yep. Who does Um, that? It's such a bad idea. I guess let's close with it. Just a real quick thought on the anthem time. Oh, should we sing it and time ourselves? (sighs) Nah. Duet. Nah, I don't <laughs> that's know fun. That'd be fun. You don't know all the words to the national anthem, dude. Um, no, no I, I want I, I, I get just, nervous. Just the way it went down with the books voiding anyone, anyone voiding that. Um, can we all agree that hundred dollar fun prop on the anthem is a is? I mean, that's that's basically it's a bonus. It's a free bet. It's a player retention thing. Like, yeah, what what? You write you write a couple million dollars in action if you're a good shop on the Super Bowl. Like, who cares if a couple hundred, you know, if if, if even ten p- people find this out and get hundred dollar bets down, like, who, you know, your thousand dollar liability on the anthem over. Like, give me a break. Like, I really do not understand uh, the you know the hand wringing, the outrage, the crocodile tears over the anthem time, uh, and it's it's ridiculous. Like, you know, I. Summed it up, I thought, fairly in the tweet that I posted. But like, once you know that the what exactly what the uh, you know what the the rehearsal time was, now you have information to make the sharpest market of all, and you can write massive action against that number. You or you or you should be incentivized to. I mean, uh, it was it, this was brutal. The fact numbers. when he dropped that, I seen some yeah. shops offering some fat numbers yeah. on fat guy touchdown. Yeah, but you know, if the books are out there and they're writing minus one hundred five on either side for the coin toss, and they're writing lots of action on that, well, guess what? If you hang two sixteen, that's a second coin toss prop. You're going to write a bunch more action on that. 
and I really didn't understand what the you know why anyone was using it as a sharp accounts got the, the anthem over man like that was it was anyone voiding that anyone using that as an excuse like they don't really you know they they don't yeah that was horse shit although the, to that guy who put it on Twitter like don't film it and put it on Twitter that was like a bad idea you you cause some <laughs> people lose some money I, I get I get that they still shouldn't void it but don't do that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Like I'm not like some people were really mad at that guy. Whatever, he just doesn't know any better. Like he's just an idiot. But the the fact that people voided bets that were placed earlier in the day before that video was up, that's horseshit. Yeah, but still, even if the books are making a bad decision and they're using that guy as a scapegoat, I'm not down for that either. Like like the books no, are being yeah, anyone silly. voiding it as being is just being shit as shit heel. Like they had their biggest day of the whole freaking calendar year. Yeah. And they want to avoid that bet. Like, get out of here. Like, that's ridiculous. Uh, you know, you're not going to win long. You know, you're going to lose. You know, you know, you know how you know how fucking expensive it is to get customers in today's day and age to get new customer come Very in the damn expensive. door. You want to jeopardize that by avoiding fun bets like this when people feel like they have the inside information and they have like, oh my we're, God, we're, just, I'm finally beating the book. Like, you th- really this is better. These these promos and this is I'm gonna look directly at the camera for this. And I'm talking to you, <laughs> the directors of marketing for FanDuel, DraftKings, points bet, win bet, whatever. These ones where it's like, hey, you can bet the Lakers, and for every however many people bet it, we add a point to the spread. So you're, the Lakers are favored by five. You're getting them at like plus eighty. Like they got to cover plus eighty, huh? <laughs> oh, it's, you know, see, see yeah. if they can cover it. Yeah, and that's my good goofy voice. That was um, good. This is way better, you know, because those are limited. Oh, yeah. Those are like those are like fifty dollar bets. You can't do that. After this video comes out, you post it. Hey, we'll give you the anthem at two minutes flat, minus one hundred five, fifty dollar yeah. limits. Be like, <laughs> and then post the guy like you know pretending like we don't we have no idea what the anthem's. Like. <laughs> Who? How could we possibly how know? Could we like, know? That's a way better promo. Yeah, that's I don't a know. Way, like and and don't even don't even adjust it out to like two fifteen. Yeah. Leave it at two fucking two, minutes. Two, two, let <laughs> people bet new accounts. You know anybody you can want bet free this. Fifty new, bucks. New, come get it. Come bet with us. Fifty bucks. Yeah. In fact, if you're a new customer, you can bet two hundred on it. Yeah. Yeah, I love it, man. I love it. I, because and, people people would have felt more like they were pulling one over because you, you want to know? you know Lakers plus eighty bullshit. You know, you want to know why you do that? Because that money's all coming back. <laughs> Anyone, you, you got these new customers? They just won Tampa Bay money line. You think that money's not coming back on college basketball this fucking week? <laughs> You're not crazy. You guys, you know, not you guys. The people listening to this podcast are are a cut above, but. I'm talking about like the the general maybe not general. Ryan. <laughs> Ryan's nose. Ryan's sharp. Uh, yeah, no, the 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 guy the the, the people that th- there's a lot of people. Anyone, even if they had a freaking losing day for the Super Bowl, if you think that that money is not all back in the book by the time you're done with March Madness, you're fucking nuts. That's the way this business works. Well, and they're they're paying five hundred dollars in acquisition anyways yeah, to some of these affiliate deals. Yeah, like just seriously. give them the two hundred dollars on the anthem. It's a better promo. It's a better promo. Yeah, that's right. You make the customers happy. You want you want to see a happy betting customer? Watch someone who has thinks they have the edge on you. Well, the, not only that, but that, it's a good no happier no happier. Do you remember the first like known bet you placed and how happy you were? Like 
you're like, I'm in on a fix. Like this is like I have oh, the edge. I have the angle here. Like this. Do you is, remember that, oh, that just soccer get, just one? Giddy, just giddy. Oh yeah, the I first half that. corners. I absolutely somebody, remember that. Absolutely somebody bought a match that. down in like Guadalajara. <laughs> oh, but, anyway, but yeah. so and and then taking this one step further, hang the anthem at two minutes flat, max it out, and even money both sides. Yeah, max it at fifty bucks. It's a free winner, or whatever you want. Even a hundred, two hundred, whatever. This is one of those things where, and maybe not so much this year because of COVID, but when you're at a Super Bowl party, or let's say you, you screenshot that and send that to your buddies, like, hey, hey, dipshits, I just I'm up 200 bucks already before the game started because I bet on the anthem and it went over by like 15 seconds. That's something you share, and then you know you're getting other people excited about betting at that shop or betting in general. Like that's such a good little it's not like viral marketing, but something that people are going to share too. So, Oh yeah. yeah. Keep, keep your customer base happy. Absolutely do it. And yeah, just be a little more forward thinking. Like you don't need to have a 20% hold in a month. Like that's not good for you long-term. You don't want that. Like you're going to wipe out your customers that much faster. And then where are you? You're back to spending 500 bucks to bring new people in. Like, yep. you know, use a little, a little foresight, a little vision here. Um, that's all that's all I have on that topic. Um, and if you're listening to this and you want a bunch of money in the NFL this year, don't give it all back and playing college basketball if you don't know what you're doing, please. Um, don't give it all back playing NBA. NBA, the NBA market is tight right now. It is yeah. tight. I'm telling you, it is tight. Um, don't bet don't give it all back betting overnight tennis. <laughs> Ryan knows makes me laugh. And I do have to say his line. I forgot to say his line. He, he DM'd <laughs> me. The, more more props than carrot top. Yeah, <laughs> that is pretty funny. That is good. I like that. Um, yeah. So yeah, if you got a bunch of winnings, put it in Bitcoin. Put it in a safe place. Ride, put ride this, doge. ride the, ride the rocket, ride the rocket ride ship. Ride the Doge rocket. Yeah. Put it in sushi. Don't. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. Don't. Uh, don't. Don't give it all back playing overnights on tennis unless you know what you're doing. And I think the listeners to this podcast don't even need to hear this. You guys are smart. But if you did just find us, if you did just find us, if you do, if you are just getting into this game, if this was one of your first seasons betting because it was finally legal in your state, one, thank you for listening. We appreciate your listenership. We absolutely, you know, we we don't, we are not. It is not lost on us how much information is out there, how many betting podcasts there are, how many NFL podcasts there are. The fact that you choose to listen to this week in week out, we thank you. It is, um, you know, we're doing this. We got into why did you get into doing this in the first place, Sandy? Fairfield. Yes. <laughs> I forgot I bet a one o'clock game. <laughs> it's already over. Fairfield's already home. Yeah. yeah well, it's, there's they're up by like it is over now. It looks like oh, I just pulled the nice score thing. up. I just seen some people talking about Fairfield. Again, I a lot a lot of times I do forget when I post uh early games. <laughs> so what no. a know today. Good job. Um why did I first get into this? It was so fun. The community is fun. Like, yeah, right. there's a lot of jagoffs on gambling Twitter. There's a lot of scammers. There's a lot of charlatans. There's a lot of shitheads. There's a lot of angry douchebags. But there's a lot of cool people. <laughs> and I'm talking, I mean, I'm talking to them right now. A lot of people who are joining us in the chat, a lot of people who interact with us on Twitter, like that's why. It's yeah, so it's 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 like an awesome hobby. And I've said this, this is a this is my analogy that like you think about you get into model cars or you get into RC cars. Why am I only doing car based hobbies? But <laughs> thinking of another one, matchbox cars, I don't know. But some of these hobbies, they cost you money. This is like the one hobby 
know, outside of maybe creating something and selling it at a flea market, like this is a hobby where you can actually gain a little money, have a little pocket change, do well, your research, the fun, the, the time you're spending, it should be fun. It should be something you enjoy. If you spend time and research, put together a decent little model and make a little money here, you take that turn it into a vacation or something fun. It doesn't have to be, I want to be a pro better and do this full time. It can be, it can be something on the side. And yeah, that, that part's so fun and the community and, you know, just talking to everyone about sports gambling and obviously the insider information, that stuff is the ultimate high, like the, the anthem thing. Once you, once you end up doing some networking and are able to grab one of those once in a while, that's a lot of fun too, but I've had a great time over these past few years. So um, Ryan says he sells RC cars at flea markets. So, and I don't think Drew's angry enough to do a KC rant, but maybe that's a rewatch. Maybe we'll do a clip show of the best of 2022 when I get an intern, have him watch all the episodes and find the best angry Drew rants. And it would probably just be that one. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And yeah, man, if you only, if you season. only bet football and you're checking out for the summer, we should mention quick, um, off-season plans. <clears throat> we are going to be doing. Well, let's, lay let's lay it out Wednesday. Let's lay Let's lay it out Wednesday. Should lay it out Wednesday. Kim. Yeah, we'll lay it out. Spoiler. Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. Lay it out Wednesday. All right, guys. Best of luck. Good job this season. Hope you guys all enjoyed this, and thank you again for your patronage. And twenty 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 one NFL season is a wrap. Twenty-two Super Bowl is coming up.